Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we shamefully rank the novelization of any film fortunate <laughs> enough to have one, and the tertiary tomes of also which, the grammar's really breaking down, but some other books we read that aren't <laughs> novelizations is my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Andrew Overby. My name is Hannah Blackman. Been a hot second since we've been doing this 15-episode season. Long one. Definitely looked at the list and was like, don't remember all of these that well. 15-episode season, plus we were recording various episodes of belonging to other series, you know, because we record these all out of order, and we kicked the abyss to technically not be in the season. It's been a lot of a lot of reading. How you how you Ooh. feeling about the project, Hannah? Oh, feeling great. Love my friends, love books, love movies, love you. Inclusive of the friendship. Grouping. I think I've said this before. <laughs> yes, I I love you too. Good 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 friendship, whatever. But I think I've said this before, but yeah. The appetite that I have for novelizations and the content surrounding them is astounding in the sense that we go too hard sometimes, and we Mm -hmm. have four to five weekends a year at this point where we do three to five recordings, and (laughs) I feel overwhelmed. I feel like on the last book, I'm going, I don't want to read this, I whatever. Uh, We take five days off. I'm so happy to get into the next one. Yeah, honestly, I've been trying to read other books, and I'm kind of like, feels like this could be a movie novelization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if I was reading one of those? Uh, where, where, where can I go to watch this visually and shittier afterwards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is something that doesn't make so much sense because we've been doing less crumbs, but it was discussed at some point that if crumbs led us to new seasons, we'd have mm. to decide what type of food the season ended up being. Uh-huh. Something to just gnaw on as the episode goes. Was this yeah. was this season a hamburger? Was it a loaf of bread? It was def it definitely had protein in it. Mm. Okay. I would sandwich say sandwich of some sort, perhaps. Maybe a maybe a full steak dinner, you know, with broccolini and mashed potatoes. Who knows? Mm. Maybe towards the end. We we didn't prepare this question, but I think towards mm-hmm. the end we should weigh the relative quality of of the seasons, given that our yeah. selection process for novelizations is fairly random. Very. It's interesting to see how yeah. they shake out, yeah, to get us started here, mm-hmm. Hannah. Yeah. As we always do, we've got some questions to discuss mm-hmm. before we rank these. And so may I ask you, yeah. what is the best piece of media that you have absorbed recently, but not for this podcast? I feel like I can't remember anything I've done in the past four months. But the big things that will recur through these questions mm-hmm. are that I watched Marvel's Netflix's now on Disney Plus The Punisher season one. Yes. <laughs> which taken up a lot of my brain power and that's expanded. John. Yeah, that's Mr. Bernthal. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a really nice job being sad and angry. So that <laughs> has taken up a lot and expanded into taking up huge portions of my life. Um, and. Like last week, I went to see Bruce Springsteen live in concert, which is not exactly media, um, but was very <laughs> important media. to me and uh, was a very pleasant experience as a culmination of about 10 years of my life being a fan of Bruce Springsteen in a heavy duty way. I think you can essentially make the argument that anything that required 
electricity in order that the thing reach you, right? It's so like media, music yeah. is media, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely because uh, you know it's tempting to go only recorded music, but then you know you are listening to recorded music live. Who are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I was mostly hearing speakers. That's for sure. I was not close enough to hear <laughs> real voice. <laughs> It was still very special. Before you How flip this, cool? before you flip it back on me, I've just realized uh-huh. that I, uh, a failing of my my hosting here is that I meant to just address the future of the podcast up top in case people don't make it through the episode. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so if, if you jumped on to Authorize during season four, oftentimes our seasons are spaced out and they will have other projects in between, be it that we're reading a bunch of junior novelizations, which we'll never do again, or... You know, we'll we'll do a series of tertiary tomes. Like, if you go back, we have Friday the 13th spinoff books, that sort of stuff. This time, we've planned far enough in advance that we are basically ready to roll into a fifth season of novelizations starting uh, next Thursday. So check our social media for that information, what those novelizations are. We in the present day don't know, but that schedule is posted and... Because we want to. There is a fifth Indiana Jones movie coming out. Yeah. On June 30th, I think. Uh-huh. I just saw a trailer today for it. And of course... At the it, movies. We Oh, it's playing before movies now. Yeah, it played before Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Uh, the trailer I mixed on anyway... Oh, yeah, I don't know what's happening in that trailer. Yeah, I don't know who's who's got their hand on the dial, as it were. It doesn't <laughs> Is the seem... dial in the past? Is the dial in the present? Is the dial a time machine? I really hope that Mangold in taking over the series goes, you know what, I'm doubling down on all the wacky sci-fi stuff people hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope the dial of destiny is a time machine. Two Mutt Williams, we are in the past he just goes all in. Uh, many met <laughs> it's looking at this point i would love to be proved wrong but it's looking like dial of destiny will not be getting uh. a novelization if it comes out we'll read it but in case it doesn't we are going to be covering there were nine ten find your fate cho- uh, was what they called them choose your own adventure indiana jones books uh that were made in i want to say the 90s and four of those were written by uh, famous Goosebumps author R.L. Stein, and they're very short. I, my first one came in the mail. It's 100 pages. So on Thursdays, for the next however many weeks, you'll be getting more novelizations, and for the next four Mondays, starting this coming Monday, you will be getting those R.L. Stein Choose Your Own Adventure, Indiana Jones. Oh my god, the Curse of Horror Island? Ooh boy, can't wait for these. At some point after doing those four, we will uh, do a bonus Discuss episode the dial. on the Dial of Destiny. Anyway, Hannah, you had a question you wanted to ask me? Yeah, baby boyfriend. Mm-hmm. What's the best piece of media you have absorbed recently, not for the podcast? We're like 10 months apart in age, maybe? Perhaps? <laughs> uh um, I recently I recently said to my mother about Austin Butler, quote, he seems like a nice kid. And my mom went, he's your age. And I was like, kid is like a, a term of endearment. Yeah. In the same way that me calling you a baby boy mm-hmm. is a term of endearment. Kid also so. extremely gendered. I think I've gone down this rabbit hole before. You but think kid is gendered? Yeah, I do. In the sense that I, I think that when people say about adults, oh, 
that's a good kid or whatever, they're absolutely fucking never talking about someone that doesn't identify as male. Mm, interesting. I'm going to think on that. This, there's, I have no value judgment to put on that. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just mm. true. It's an interesting observation, Andrew. I, just got, I get called kid a lot. I, I don't mind it. All right. So, Hannah, if you had to take one guess what I'm going to say for the most uh, important piece of media that I absorbed recently... We talk so much, it's insane <laughs> that my mind All right, I'll has save you gone the trouble. completely blank. I, I don't even really get the luxury of deciding what the best piece of media I absorbed recently is because I made my whole first quarter of 2023 about the Dark Tower. Oh yeah, it, Mr. Dark Tower. I'm almost done with the eighth and final book. <laughs> uh, it has had high highs and low lows, and <laughs> it is sort of fascinatingly unserial in the sense that technically the characters carry through from book to book but every book it's like what new problems can we come up with because this dark tower thing on its own is not narratively compelling (laughs) oh man i'm so excited for our reading roundup where you will fill me in in so much depth yeah it's it's i assume (laughs) it's been rewarding in the sense that it it is so batshit it has kept me entertained and I've gotten to the mm-hmm. point where, for now, I'm not thinking about whether it was good or not. They, Someone just got murdered slowly by the jokes of a stand-up comedian who turned out to be a vampire. And since it's book eight, I was like, yeah, okay, great, great. Hannah Blackman, what is a bright or exciting thing going on in your life at large or today specifically? Uh, I'm lingering on that Bruce Springsteen high. Mm-hmm. I got a little part-time job. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think Born to Run is, like, maybe the best song ever written. Uh So when he played Born to Run and, like, 20,000 people all, like, scream saying it, I, like, kind of, I, like, blacked out. It was amazing. Uh Um, He also, at one point, played Backstreets, which I really like, but I don't think is, like, a top hit for him. So I was very excited to hear that song. He did not play Hungry Hearts, which I really love, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. So I was just... I, I discussed with you that I was at a Titus Andronicus concert the same night that you were mm-hmm. at Bruce, and they, they love Bruce, and they closed with a Bruce song. Uh, I'm so Bruce ignorant, or I was for such a long time, mm. that I didn't realize that Titus Andronicus's like, biggest hit uh, has the line that goes into the guitar solo that I've just been singing along mm-hmm. with for years. Is like a is just a born to run reference, and I just didn't know until oh, is very it? recently. Yeah, the um, what is it? The 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 line is uh, uh, I'm I'm forgetting the entire line, but the subversion is that it's uh, tramps like us, baby, we were born to die. Oh yeah, that is. And then and when that and I was like, well, mm-hmm. these people like Bruce Springsteen, and that's an original line. I just never put it together. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very clearly born to run. I mean, that rips. That's cool. Yeah, Bruce is the best. Absolutely, hands down, the best. That was amazing. It was so. It's good. one of those experiences where there's 30 people on stage, right? Uh, yes. He was with the E Street Band, so it was like him, two guitarists. I mean, he's a guitarist, right? Two additional guitarists, mm-hmm. a bassist, a violinist. A horn section, a backup singing section, two drum guys, <laughs> two piano guys. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. And it was mostly singing. It was very little storytelling. Hmm. Like, I I was so... My mom came with me, and she was like, I don't really... I, I know Bruce. I like Bruce. He's not my guy. And I was like, look, Mom, you're going to have to accept that this is going to be a four-hour concert <laughs> where... 
we'll get songs and then there'll be 20 minutes of storytelling. And she was like, oh boy. And then there was like no storytelling, mm-hmm. which was surprising. Mm. But it was, I mean, just like jam-packed, top hits, great songs. The experience that you want to be paying for. The listeners yeah. are dying by now to hear about that job that you mentioned and then I, I moved oh. on from. <laughs> well, in my personal life, I recently left my seven-year corporate job. Um, and uh, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and applied for like a million jobs at museums that never called me back. And have now acquired a part-time uh, retail boutique job just to fill my days and meet people and have money for all these novelizations. Hasn't yet started, so we're just tentatively calling that as a bright thing going on in our life. Yeah, hopefully be, it will be could good. Be, um, could be uh, our new hell. <laughs> truly. I, I mean, I hope not. I, I feel good about it. I think it'll be fine. How bad can it be? I don't know. I was recently texting my a former coworker and current friend, and I was like, "Look, I would take a job or a boyfriend. I want anyone to express <laughs> any level of interest in me at this moment." And this job did that, and they seemed quite interested. You've never in me, again so. bumped into that cute boy that we ran into that definitely thought we were dating and so didn't approach us. No. Wow. Mm. No. Wow. Fucked up. Nope. That's gone. <laughs> I think he might have been a tourist. He had a little bit of a tourist vibe. Me too. Yeah. He did. It's okay. It's fine. That's sometimes what happens when you are two <laughs> disparate gendered appearing people standing next to each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without other people. You know, people assume that you're dating. Yeah, our friendship is def- was definitely the problem there. If that ever happens again, I'll try to like openly show <laughs> disdain. I think you could have, you could also say things like, oh, my girlfriend back in Chicago. And I would go, yes, your girlfriend who isn't me. <laughs> that sort of thing. So when I come visit you in Chicago, we can test this out by you saying my girlfriend who's over there <laughs> and me going, that's not me. Separate human woman. Otherwise, every cute boy is going to be like, that is a thruple. <laughs> <laughs> and I, pro- I already love your girlfriend, so I will put off those yes. vibes. I've done it before and I'll yeah, do it we're, again. We're, we're too happy to all be available. Um... <laughs> What's going on in your life that's good and bright and joyous? For me, it's just that it's time to bike again. It hasn't mm. really started yet. I'm bringing mm. my one of my bikes in for a tune-up tomorrow. But I don't know. I'm having a rough time physically in the sense that like mm-hmm. I everyone says they're tired all the time. I'm. It's getting to the point where it's fucking with my life a little bit. And I've been going to see a nutritionist for like four months and I've been doing a lot of health tips and I'm like still putting on weight, which is very abnormal for me. It's like because I'm I'm still mm. extremely active. Um, so I'm excited to just crush 40 miles a day on my bike. And even if I can't fix my body, I'll at least like enjoy that activity. So, well, I hope that it's great. And I hope you don't have some kind of like weird worm that's making you gain I think weight. it's just the classic aging thing where I had a bunch of terrible habits for three decades and like an incredible metabolism mm-hmm. and relationship to exercise. And now the relationship to exercise is still there and like my metabolism is like crashing hard. And I think mm-hmm. I'm just not used mm-hmm. to like not being a little prince who can do everything he wants. Yeah, I recently bought a hand weight because I don't want my arms to get flabby like women's arms get. It, exercise is so confusing too because it's like I'm gonna I know I'm gonna just bike for a month and feel incredible 
and then I'll put on weight because my legs get fucking huge. <laughs> right, because you don't do arm no. days. No, oh yeah, but I mean, that wouldn't stop my legs from getting huge. <laughs> it would just... I know, but you could be proportional and you choose not There's to. There's no way. There's no way I'll ever... No, I get... <laughs> I get visceral joy out of leg stuff. I hate arm stuff. It's not happening. <laughs> Hannah, speaking of authorized, what is the best film you saw for the first time for season four? Sure, I had seen most of these. That doesn't feel true. I had seen quite a few of these. I had seen a lot of them. And I think the one I landed on my favorite of the new things I saw was Phantom of the Paradise. Mm -hmm. Probably the best one is Taxi Driver, kind of like unambiguously a good movie you right? had not seen taxi driver you had not seen phantom you had not seen 47 ronin you had not seen yeah. uh i hadn't seen road, road to, to perdition. perdition you had not seen i hadn't seen dark crystal dark. since i was like six and so, then what about transformers 2 i think i saw that once long ago so i, I hear what you're saying which objectively bad though you know what i mean <laughs> like wasn't in the room no i i get i i, I hear you but uh, i think that this is the season in which you had not seen the most, I think. Maybe. Five's, Maybe. Five's Maybe. a lot. Mm. Yeah. Well, I choose Phantom of the Paradise. Mm. How about you, Andrew Overby? I also choose Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, Hell yeah. A uh, yeah. movie yeah. that I watched for the podcast uh, before reading the novelization and then two days later before recording, watched it a second time. I, I mean, just in love with it. Gonna I've been listening it. to those songs a lot oh, since we watched it. I Good haven't music. done that at all, but I'm going to watch that movie every six months probably until I die. So Nice, nice. Hannah, uh, this, this is like a repeat almost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why this is on here twice. Do you have a different answer? What entertainment or media has been most important to you lately? No. It's The Punisher. It's The Punisher. I'm also rereading my Philip Marlowe novels because uh, I miss my... Little man, Philip Marlowe. Mm -hmm. That's important to me. My alt answer, which is very boring, is that uh, it's just still Better Call Saul because I've been going through it mm. with the girlfriend. And sure. such a slow burn that like it's it's been very gratifying to see her go from like, I don't care about this at all. Why are you showing it to me? To I'm very, <laughs> very invested. It's nice to sit with something for a really long time. I feel like... Uh... I keep going back to watch like two episodes of Andor here and there. Yeah. Which like you revisiting finished. chunks of it. I did yeah, finish yeah, yeah. it and I have a much more sophisticated concept of it than when we discussed it. I wanna <laughs> keep repeating that forever. Yeah, I was like, this is <laughs> primarily a show about heists with no underlying themes. I think I understood that there were underlying themes. But <laughs> I am embarrassed by my showing on that, have not listened to that episode because I'm embarrassed of myself. And I know in my heart of hearts I could do better. And I'm sorry. Well, every Mark episode is is a is an episode where he carries so much of the weight and has so many good ideas and we occasionally go that makes me think of something and it just it the rising tide raises all ships yeah. i mean thank you for saying that i feel like mark is so good and smart and thoughtful that i feel stupider for having shown up basically unprepared and i'm like what an asshole am i that he's here he's got so much to say and he's so smart about it and i'm just like i didn't I watch half of it? Like, what a fucking piece of shit I am. My sister listened to that episode. I, I don't think she listens super often because she just doesn't watch <laughs> a ton of movies. But she'll like listen to the, our Star Wars stuff. And she was, she said that Mark was so great and Leah was so great. And I, I just yeah. thought, you know what? We're we're like film editors. Like, if people don't notice our work, we're doing great. 
I guess as long as your sister wasn't like, and your co-host fucking sucked, she ruined it, (laughs) then I'll take that as a minor success. But I do feel bad. Mm. Still. Forever. (laughs) I want to say, just hearkening back to best thing we watched for the season, uh, Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen a lot of these movies before. Goonies, a close second. Hadn't seen Goonies. Yeah. Love that movie. I'm happy for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. All right, Hannah, mm. let's get to the meat of whatever type of food or sandwich this season was. Yeah. Let's rank the 15 novelizations from Authorized Season 4. Would you go first for mm-hmm. us from 15 to 1? From 15 to 1. Okay, so 15 is Transformers Revenge of the Fall. <laughs> uh, bad book, and I didn't finish reading it, mm-hmm. right? And also definitely bad. Um, 14, but also unrated 47 Ronin, which I didn't finish reading. Mm, interesting. So I feel like I can't give it a fair shot. You don't even feel like based on what it. you read, you could put it above certain ones? I definitely could. Yeah. But I don't want to. I want it to sort of be off to the side okay, great. as a failing of me. Okay. 13, The Cable Guy. Great. 12, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Mm. Uh, 11, Clueless. Mm hmm. 10, The Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. Not, yeah, uh-huh, because unintelligible. <laughs> Nine, Sneakers. Okay. Eight, The Thing. Mm-hmm. Seven, Butterfly Effect. Sure. Six, Spider-Man 3. Uh-huh. Five, Road to Perdition. Okay, higher than I thought it'd be. Four. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, when I was fu- going through, I was like, well, it's kind of undeniably acceptable to me. Maybe it should be lower. It just felt like you went in it. on Collins on that episode. As being bad? Yeah. You're right. I'm going to move it below the butterfly effect. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh... okay, so that's that whole seven episode was me going, I really like what Collins does here. And you were like, you don't read much, do you? <laughs> You're right. I forgot about that. So... <laughs> Seven, Road to Perdition. Well, you know what? In that case, I'm putting it below the thing. Fuck Road to Perdition. Definitely below the thing. Let's drop it below the thing. Okay. Eight, Road to Perdition. Seven, The Thing. Six, Butterfly Effect. Five, Spider-Man. Three, four, Phantom of the Paradise. Three, Rocky. Four, two, The Goonies. One, Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver, the season premiere. You you claim to, like, not remember recording the episode because it was so long ago. Well, I remember thinking that book was a cool exercise. Yeah. No well, fucking rules. Andrew, back to you. <clears throat> okay. Where, how do we do now that you've convinced me to change my ranking? We don't align on anything except <clears throat> that we both ranked, I want to say, Charlie's Angels in the exact same spot. So, Well, mine's going to be skewed from yours no matter what due to the 47 Ronin situation. Not to mention the fact that we read different Charlie's Angels books. So, Indeed. Good point. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to start out with a shocker, and I'll speak on this a little bit. Number 15, The Cable Guy. Uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is a steaming pile of shit. However, <laughs> and, and I'm comfortable finally admitting mm-hmm. I didn't quite finish it. I think I had like 30 pages left <laughs> on that, which I didn't admit on the episode. I read most of it. You pulled it off, buddy. Foster is... Scam of the century. Foster sucks, right? And and for, Yeah, man, but, sucks. But here's my argument is like, Foster sucks and I can give you 12 reasons why. You know, there's like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. sexism, the overly ornate vocabulary that the game from that 
episode was all about. Like, <laughs> yeah. He just has such a bad idea of what he's writing, who he's writing it for. It's at, at, at once alienating and crass. Like, But the fact that I can complain that much about Foster immediately puts that book over Cable Guy because Cable Guy is a mirthless, rote experience of novelizing. It, it has mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. it has like no characteristics at all. And for that, I truly despise it. Yep. Strong argument. That's why it's very low on my list as well. Sure, but I want to be very clear that I believe it's the worst one. You hate it more, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number 14, mm-hmm. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Number 13, Clueless. Number 12, mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Number 11. This is so far a similar list. Yeah, the, I have number 11, The Butterfly Effect. Uh, there's a lot of... Okay. I feel very positively about the season in general, and... A huge amount of the middle of my list is stuff that I'm like, it's it's really good. Like I, uh, I felt like there were uh, the the average for this season was much higher. And I think I clearly liked the butterfly effect more than you did. So it all it all makes it sense. all makes sense. Number mm. ten, Road to Perdition. Number nine, yep. Rocky Four. <gasps> Number eight. Do you think that's high for Rocky Four? No, because mine was at number three. So. I guess I'm, I, that gas was because it's so much lower than I put it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. High meaning high yeah. in number, low in rank. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, maybe I don't remember the uh, book too well, and, and Marco edited that episode. So uh, mm-hmm. I just found a lot of stuff to like in the ones above it. Spider-Man 3, uh, David is a guy who brings incredible detail and also stuff that sucks so bad. In every book he writes, it's, it's, he's all over the place. But you got uh, you got to admire. It's the spirit of novelizing to be taking that many liberties. I always like it. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Dark Crystal, number seven. You found it totally alienating. I found it alienating yeah. in a way where I was like, "What the fuck is this universe?" Yeah. Well, you're a Dark Crystal guy. Dark Tower, Dark Crystal, Dark content. Yeah, I love Andrew I love Robert dark Bates. content. I'm obsessed. These, <laughs> these things go hand in hand. I'm to a me. bit of a teenage edge lord. <laughs> Uh, number six, <laughs> The Thing. Now we're just in books I really loved. Number five, Sneakers. If you're going to make a novelization of Sneakers, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, No, I agree with you. Yeah. You know what? Fuck Road to Perdition. Sneakers is moving up my list. <laughs> sneakers novelization. Really good. Really funny. Really uh, creates the type of laughs that you would get from the movie. Uh, number four, <laughs> The Goonies. Did you have Goonies High? I had Goonies at two. Goonies is great. Just Goonies just is great. Awesome. Love it. Loved it. Like it a lot more than I like the movie. Number three, 47 Ronin. It, it has its flaws, but I think they're mostly flaws of the film. Joan, Joan has the juice. Joan. Number yes. two, Taxi Driver. A film that I, or a book that I really enjoyed. Maybe it was the experience mm-hmm. of reading it on my laptop, but it didn't totally... <laughs> blow me away uh but i like you said Uh i thought it was a cool exercise number one phantom of the paradise Mm -hmm. yep which is so good so rich and interesting i mean i think that um we have similar top fours Mm -hmm. uh i have rocky four very high i think because i really like rocky sure and so it really enjoyed that book yes more than perhaps you yes makes sense I feel like a lot of my top choices are doing very similar things. Phantom of the Paradise is a novelization that expands Phantom of the Paradise 
is story in ways that it has new arms and legs, but they all feel very uh, in the tone of the movie, which mm-hmm. is definitely true of Taxi Driver. Every way that it is like expounding on the movie is very visceral and it feels in step with that milieu. And then Sneakers, mm. same thing. I mean, it just it, it just feels like a lot of these, like Sneakers is funny in the way the movie is. It feels like we had a lot of writers this uh, season who got the movie they were novelizing so well and also were creative with that tone. Yes. Mm. Yes, good season, good book. I feel like that could sound like a, a very uh, daft piece of criticism but just look at the opposite i mean we see so many people like foster who's who take a movie like transformers which is fun i mean look neither of us loves that movie but it's like fun dumb action right and he goes Mm -hmm. uh i have to give tons of character backstory i have to you know he he has a completely incorrect read on what makes that movie good if anything if anything (laughs) makes it good (laughs) All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A feature that was very stupid the first time we did it and gets more sensical every time we do the all-time authorized top 10 novelizations. When we did this after uh-huh. season two, it was rank your top 10 out of 20. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting richer and richer every We've time. We've about 60 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I like don't, I throw out my last list completely. I don't go back and look at it, even though I should. Hmm. I just make it out of my heart every time brand new. Well, I, of course, maintain a list on Letterboxd at all times. Please Mm -hmm. check out my Letterboxd. I always forget what it is. A over B, probably. uh, Probably. So when when it comes time to make these lists, they're already lined up for me. I don't do that. And as we all know, I can easily be like, you're right, I did like this more than that, um, because I'm following my heart when I make a list. Do you want to go first this time? Not really. So there, there, <laughs> Okay. I, it's interesting. There's positives and negatives to both approaches, because, you know, if you make your list of, let's say, best movies at the end of a year, and you start the list, you may be discounting things that came out in January because they're not fresh. But the argument could yeah. also be made that you become too beholden to things you rated five stars in January if you maintain the list throughout the year. Yep. And as we all know, Goodreads is useless in terms of sorting by your own ranking. Mm -hmm. So not a helpful tool for me. I think probably the worst Um, popular website I've ever used. It's really bad functionality, just terrible. Mm -hmm. I need it to be better. It's like buying I-bonds. It's like, it, it feels like I'm dealing in another language. Mm, I don't know what that is. What's that? Oh, uh, it's like, a, it, it's not worth getting into. But you could f- put $5,000 in I-bonds every year and uh, they have a really good interest rate. The only thing is that the website to do it is so awful. It, there's all these threads online of people going, is this a scam? Did I go to the wrong website? But it isn't. <laughs> it's the right one. Well. Wow, well, that doesn't feel good. Okay, um, so here's my top 10 all-time, and you can contest me on these and help me fix my list. Great. 10, Goonies. Whoa! Whoa. 9, Taxi Driver. Hell yeah. 8, Face Off. Okay. 
Seven, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Hell yeah. I don't have it, but I love that. <laughs> I love Mutt. It really worked for me. I remember loving that book. One of the reasons I'm upset that they're not novelizing it is because, you know, what's his name? The James that isn't Mangold, whoever wrote that book. Mm-hmm. He was great. Lucino? Or he wrote The Junior? No, Lucino did the... Um, Indiana he did the Jones one that Goodman read. The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull by James. It's going to come to me. Anyway, I, I see him on Twitter all the time. The guy that used to be a vet. Oh, yeah. He was great. That book's really good. They've also nov- they novelized all of the previous Indiana Joneses, so I think they should fucking hire somebody. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my number seven. Number six is Willow. Mm. Number five, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Hell yeah. Four, Rogue One. Okay. I think I'm just in a place where I'm like, I love those friends. That book really worked for me emotionally. I think for, I think um, I, we've said this a million times, but Freed do, it, it does everything perfectly book. in that book. Yeah, that book rips. So good. I hope that he knows that we feel that way. Um, three, The Abyss. The Abyss. Two, The Abyss. The Abyss. It's so rich. It's so dense. It's so interesting. Uh, two, Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. Good one. One, Cowboys and Aliens. Still uh, the reigning champ for Hannah. I I mean, that book. You know, I think it has switched with Revenge of the Sith. I think last time we did these lists, I still had Revenge of the Sith as number one. And this time I felt in my heart of hearts, it's Cowboys time. Their time. Yeah. We, I'm sure we went over this on the last one. But for me, it's like Revenge of the Sith is this novelization that inserts a lot of scenes between existing scenes, which is awesome. And Cowboys and Aliens is this whole cloth invention of material. <laughs> They're both really good. They're both really good. But I just mean, even when you're reading a scene from Cowboys and Aliens that was in the movie, it's almost unrecognizable on the page. So true. So true. Very true. My list. You're up, baby. Starting at Ow. number 10, a little novelization called Rogue One, a Star Wars story by past guest Alexander Freed. Check out the Dark Crystal episode if you haven't. Number nine, Taxi Driver, where you also had it. Yep. Number eight, E.T., the Cotswinkle one. I know that that would never be on your list, but... I hate those books. I hate that guy. I could read the phrase... Both E.T. and Cotswinkle. The, 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 the wrinkled journeyman a million times, or <laughs> whatever those were. Number seven, cracking my top ten, Phantom of the Paradise. Ooh la la. Love that goddamn book. Number six. Another upset between the two of us. Still got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood floating around in this list. Not a novelization. Not a novelization. (laughs) Not a novelization, but... A tertiary tome. (laughs) You must admit, even though it is basically not a novelization, there's a gray Mm. area here because it is marketed as a novelization. Yep. But <laughs> number five, face off. Uh, the the perfect example, more so than anything in season four, the perfect example of I will iterate on the tone of this instead of the content. Mm. Uh, I'm sure I said it on the episode, yeah. but <clears throat> face off good. There's there's not a better creation in all of novelizing than pointing out that Caster Troy has a mesh thong on. You got it right. <laughs> That's what he would wear. <laughs> number yeah, four that book is great what's that <laughs> it's a good book it's on my list too it's, i'm a huge fan it's a good book and, and i'm also slightly colored by the experience of interviewing 
the author who was so put together and polite and he had written the nastiest shit imaginable. (laughs) And we were like, what's up with this nasty shit? And he was like, seems cool. It just, if you presented to us all of the authors we'd interviewed and the books they'd written, I would not put the ones together with the books they wrote. I'd be like, (laughs) Kyle Fegley, face off. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, Willow. Good book. Yeah. Good book. Number three, Star Wars, episode three, got to, though it falls in my list almost every time, uh, forever a staple. I get why people talk about Mm -hmm. it like it's the novelization. It's really good. And I think it only speaks to the quality of the books ahead of it that it keeps falling for you. Yes. That we keep reading books that are just like awesome. And so those those go up. We are due for a season of outright stinkers. Number two, (laughs) The Abyss. Can't say enough good things about it. We talked for three hours on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prologues, Perspective of the Aliens, successful imitation of 2001 A Space Odyssey without actually repeating plot beats, near perfect, aside from a couple uh, couple little uh, Orson Scott card-isms. Number Mm -hmm. one... Cowboys and Aliens, a book so good it's our book, baby. that my memory of the movie is constantly evolving where I often think I liked it. Uh, a book so good that when my sister and her partner were here for Thanksgiving, they were like, what the fuck do you mean novelizations are good? <laughs> I left the room. I returned with Cowboys and Aliens and I said, take this with you and read it and be changed. Did you receive any follow up on that nope (laughs) nope but i hope i hope that um it's being read and enjoyed but i no longer own a copy of cowboys and aliens is the is i've spread the good word yeah i mean that's 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 that's, so good that's 498 that you're out forever i'll get another one at some point because i feel like that's a book that i kind of want to reread cowboys and aliens inevitably and i mean especially if we get like a high profile guest we're excited about and we're like embarrassed to have them read a (laughs) shitty novelization the in 10 years we're definitely going to go you know uh quentin tarantino reads cowboys and aliens and we discuss it with him Uh, I can imagine a high-profile guest who's like, I don't know, what's good? Yes. What should I pick? And we'd be like, okay, <laughs> QT, here's what a real novelization is, bruh. And then they come back and they go, have you read real books? Because this isn't very good. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, guest Stephen King, will you read? And are like, ah, I could have written this better. We'd be like, well, Stephen, try it, do it. Do it, Stephen. My girlfriend has to hear about these novelizations so much, and it, it, oftentimes I make the case well that they are good, and I explain why. But the other mm-hmm. day, I guess it was a while ago, because I'm talking about Spider-Man Three. We're just in bed <laughs> reading, and I, I'm reading Spider-Man Three, and the chapter title is "In a Mirror Darkly," and she just yeah. looks over. We're not talking. She just looks over and gets this look on her face, and she like kind of like whimpers, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" And she goes. <laughs> I want to make fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This is the life we've chosen, you know? Yeah. Uh, I used to do this thing with friends where we would all read quietly together. And then when someone had a sort of, like, verbal response to their own book, like they laughed or went, oh, or whatever, we would, like, make them read the part Uh that did that to them. And then the rest of us would just read wherever we were for a minute. 
I cannot imagine the shame and horror I would have felt playing that game while only reading the <laughs> It was a good game, though, and I recommend it to groups of friends who enjoy being quiet together. At least you're laughing at it. I mean, it, 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 as opposed to if you started tearing up over something dumb in a novelization, that would be embarrassing. It's happened to me before. <laughs> Hannah famously cried during the Sixth Sense novelization. I did. And I cried reading Revenge of the Sith the first time I read it. I feel like I've cried during other books we've covered. I'm very emotional. I think this would be a good time for us to discuss. Yeah. Where does the overall quality of season four rank versus three, two, and one? Um, well, I don't really remember three, two, or one, but I think this was a very strong season. <laughs> Uh, good books all the way around, good conversations, good games. We're developing and growing mm-hmm. as a pod, mm-hmm. and I feel good about the work we're doing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, uh, I think uh, there were more books in this season. There were 15, but yeah, we still only had two that we outright hated, Cable mm-hmm. Guy and Transformers, and we have had two or more in every other season, which just makes this one the best. These are high-quality books. Mm-hmm. If there's any listeners who are like, I don't listen to the season, I wait for the roundup to determine <laughs> which ones are worth reading slash listening to. I have to binge authorized. They're all good this season. They're all good, They're all good. save for a couple. But And as much as like I think Cable Guy, bad book, Transformers, bad book, good episodes, good conversation, really fun. Talks. Here's a mean question, like mean to authors, but none none that we've interviewed. Okay. If you had to draw a line through the season as you've ranked it, what is the <laughs> the one where you're like I I disliked all books under this number? Cuz for me it's out of the 15, mm-hmm. I would put it right above Charlie's Angels. So like it it really it really makes me realize how many books I, I really liked. Because right above Charlie's Angels is Butterfly Effect, which I at least enjoyed. Thought it was solid. Yeah. And everything above that is great. And then just Charlie's Angels and Clueless, I found a little blah, and then I actively mm-hmm. reject Transformers and Cable Guy. Yeah, I think I'm basically in the same place. I'm sort of not as hot on Dark Crystal or Road to Perdition, so my line might be a little higher. Mm-hmm. But it's still majority good. Mm. for sure for sure and again 47 ronin not part of my count so fair presuming that's higher it's just like it's still yeah majority good for sure hannah blackman yeah a new feature introduced mm-hmm. in this ranking episode what are your top five tertiary tomes we've covered so far sure sure so um number i'm gonna start at one Gr- go for <laughs> actually. it actually one, The Sixth Sense, Beyond, Secrets from Beyond books. All three together. All three together, yeah. Okay, um, great. Just like love what they're doing with the concept of The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Really good. Really successful. Exactly. Uh, two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a tertiary tome. It's not a fucking novelization, <laughs> but it is interesting and it has some value, right? It's a, it's it's a, it's a, a good very argument. readable, good book, but it is not a, a novelization. I'm into it. I like um, that. Thank you. <laughs> Three, Friday the 13th, Jason's Curse, the second one. Jason's Curse! Jason's Curse, baby, yeah. Wow. I miss Billy Boone, but I really like the, like, drama of his sister who's, like, low-key suicidal. 
um, while she goes to fight Jason. You could not get me to remember anything from that book except Ghost Boon at the end. I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, well, it's number three on my list, which maybe feels insane. But again, I'm following my heart on these. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, four, Star Wars Catalyst. Really? Okay. Maybe too high for that. I don't know. I had a hard time, like, getting my brain in the tertiary tomes placement. I don't know. Sure. But I, I did like that book. I think I like Star Wars a lot. I don't know, man. I think Star Wars is going to end up on a lot of these for me. And then five, the High School Musical Extravagans. Just as a concept, all of them <laughs> as a conversation, it gave me the great gift of High School Musical, the musical, the show, yes. which I wouldn't have ever watched otherwise, I think. And I'm glad to have watched it. And I hope someday it comes back in some form. A rich enough concept, we could do a second pass on the High School <laughs> Musical uh, universe with, with Leah. I think we could find four yeah. more books to do. Now that I've watched High School Musical, the musical, the show, I care so much <laughs> about those silly children that I yeah. would love to spend more time with it. How about you? What are your tomes, my friend? All right, I'm going to go from five to one just because I'm afraid to change. Okay. okay. Number five, Jurassic Park Adventures Prey. Ooh. Mm. Uh, the the book in which uh, they f- they first bring Eric back to the island. Uh, with those they, mean teenagers. And there's the, the teenage documentary crew. Uh, it, you know, it's bad in... The sense that it's crazy unrealistic in the way that children's books are, but on the you know with the 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 thirteen year old cameraman and all that shit. But uh, I you know it, 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 the kid in me liked it a lot. I liked how uh, unmoored from reality it was. It, it felt like <laughs> crazy stuff could really happen, and and mm. I, I found it really thrilling. Um, Flyers does not make my list uh, just because. Correct. I, I can't get on board with the, them getting chased into that goddamn theme park. <laughs> Number four, yeah. Jurassic Park Adventures Survivor. Mm, the a book mid-ball. you did not read. Didn't read it. Didn't read either of these two tomes that are on your list, so. No. That's my bad. The, yeah, the, the, the tale of, of Eric Kirby uh, surviving on the island uh, before he's rescued in Jurassic Park 3. Really hard to choose between this one and the Jurassic Park 3 novelization, which I maintain is a banger of a novelization. <laughs> uh, but I, I did like hearing the other side uh, of, mm-hmm. of Eric's story. Number three, Friday the 13th, Mother's Day. Hey! I'm glad we each have one. Yes, I can Mother's actually was remember good, what happened in that book. Cool kills. Great yep. boon. Such great, great boon. Great boon. Uh, our beloved boon. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> Heat 2. Yeah. I Just... replaced Heat 2 with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mid conversation. <laughs> uh, Heat 2 is a goofy book that doesn't make a ton of sense. And part of me hates the way it forces continuity and all of that stuff. But also that sequence of them uh, robbing the motel that is actually like mm-hmm. the drug hold in mexico is as good as anything in the film heat so really good number one the sixth sense secrets from beyond i chose a specific one i went survivor mm, that's a really good one survivor is a is a banger and you, you alluded to this when you brought up the trilogy as a whole in your list but yeah. it breaks 
the the whole series breaks open uh, a sort of a false premise that the end of the sixth sense is built on. The end of the sixth sense has its twist. It ends on the twist, right? But before yeah. that, they're very much suggesting that he's going to be happy, Cole. And yeah. it just doesn't make any goddamn sense if he can still see these ghosts. He's just come to a place with the ghosts where he like knows how to handle them. Yes. And then the Beyond the Grave, Secrets from Beyond books are like, here's how he continues to develop his relationship with his own gifts, which I think is good to say mm-hmm. like, it's not over. It's never going to be over. It can only evolve. I love all good three book. of the Secrets from mm-hmm. Beyond books. I wish there were 12 but I forced to choose. I'm putting the first one as number yeah, one. Love this. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hannah. Yeah. Another new feature that we have. Uh huh. What were your top five games from Authorized Season Four? Now I didn't have us rank all of these because it would hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's fine. Here's my top five games from this season. Number five, the thing is this. A, does the dog survive? Oh, okay. I like that one. I think you will see a trend in the games that I like. Great. Okay. Four, butterfly effect. How does the time travel work? Great. Three, uh, Goonies. I wrote it down, but then I don't remember what that game is. Fold this PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. I think I just had a lot of fun doing that with our guest and how hard it was for me. And it's a different type of game and it was exciting and exhilarating. Yes, fold this PowerPoint. Okay, great. Perfect. Two, Spider-Man 3, Did They Reconcile? One for me. One, Cable Guy, TV movie, different song. Wow. Had a lot of fun with that. Wow. Okay. Okay. Is this a good time to say I should? (laughs) If you've never made it to the end of one of our three-hour episodes, there are games inspired by the movie and or book at the end of almost every episode. Every single one. (laughs) Because Andrew is a hero. He's doing a lot of hard work for us, and it's really fun. It is. I, I, I do enjoy doing it, yeah. Um, okay, uh, before games, we get my Andrew? perspective on stuff, I, I want to mm. have you do the next five as well. Oh, which is, okay. Hannah, what are your top ten games from Authorized mm-hmm. so far as a whole? Okay, five. Star Wars Rogue One, what is this character's name? Oh, you you just did five. Oh, I was supposed to do ten? Yeah, nope, I just did five. Sorry, yep, you're right. Nope, I fucked up. I only did five. Deal with it. <laughs> Great. I think some of the games from this season would be in a top ten. Um, right. So, okay. Five, the Star Wars one, name this character where we kept having to name that one little guy. Oh, We Teef Sayubi? We Teef Sayubi, yeah. So that's how, that was So fun. that'd be the Rogue One game, That was a big game, game yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, for Manhunter or Fugitive, because I got to keep naming William Peterson characters, brought me a lot of joy. The, the U.S. US Marshals. Marshals one, yeah. Three, Sonic 2, how old is this character? <laughs> a fun <laughs> game based in a bit. Uh, two, Species, Predator, or Prey, which is of mm-hmm. the style of game that I really like, I think, which is, is it one thing or the other thing? Good luck. Um, and okay. That's appar- I think my selections here speak to that. In the same way that number one, mm-hmm. Sixth Sense, Dead or Alive, is also a this or that game. Yes. I like this or that. Sixth Sense, Dead or Alive, I think is, is it makes my list as well. It It is a tough one to rank because it is just the ur text mm-hmm. for the games. There, we, we really will never recreate the shock value of no one knowing I prepared that. 
It was so good. It, I mean, I love all of them. And honestly, sometimes, even though I know that we always do a game, I'm still like, oh, a game! <laughs> So, you know, and then like the mechanics of the game. I'm like, oh, we're doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm always having a good time. I love every game. But uh, yeah, I love a this or that game. Yeah. And, and it seems like you also love the this or that's where they, um, the concept of it evolves a little bit. I do. Yeah, I like those. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened, go back. It's the Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond uh, <laughs> trilogy game oh from early 2022 in which we... Guess if, if famous celebrities and then some other people are still alive. What a time. What a time. Andrew, as the creator of these games... I can't I can't answer this yet because you still need to answer... Oh, what do you think what is you your think favorite game? Overby's favorite game of his own uh, So because I like almost don't remember all of these games, I followed my heart. And I think uh-huh. your favorite game is Did This Make Overby Sad? Oh, from the uh, Westward Bound episode? <laughs> yeah. That's I don't true. think it's like your most complex in gameplay or your most um, like creative in, you know, options. But I think it is personal and beautiful. And we all had fun. It was based in our previous conversations and it was a good time. So that's that's where I put my vote on what your favorite game is. So I think the- you value your ingenuity more than... I value your emotional connection. So your answer is probably, I was not right about it, I think. You weren't right. There, there's a couple <laughs> different factors that I, I want to discuss because the game creation is very important to me, but also I hang too much importance on it. I get mm-hmm. disappointed in myself about mm-hmm. these sometimes. So the thing I'm always aiming for is I want the game to be spun out of material from the book. Yeah. Right? Because our podcast is about books, Based on movies, that's our. That's what makes us unique. And so I get, I, I get a little down on myself when it's something like, "Did this make over be sad?" Which has nothing to do with the concept of the, of the the content, right? Yeah, but it had so much to do with the content of our friendship. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so... I'm aware that the metrics by which I grade these are not empirical (laughs) they're they're subjective Mm -hmm. uh the other thing i don't love to do games that are based in the movie but not the book which i have to fall back on sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so for example uh the spider-man 3 game which i really thought people didn't like that much uh it was a super fun episode but in the moment i thought it wasn't going so well well it's on my list so it's on your list. That's a situation where I, I felt like I'm not actually incorporating anything from the book, which I wish I could. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, it, that game, for people who didn't listen, is just going through various stories and saying, did these two enemies reconcile in the end or not? So yeah, those are things that sort of guide me. With that said, I'll go through my lists. So my top five authorized games from season four... Number five was Sneakers Decode the Bros. That was too hard for me to enjoy, but good game. <laughs> I liked the level of distress <laughs> coming from you and Matt. <laughs> yeah, we were distressed. <laughs> Number four was Rocky Four, Rocky Balboa's English program. Yeah, I hated that because I don't believe in the way that you believe in English. You just thought my, uh, my judgments on grammar were wrong? Yeah, and I think you live in the past when it comes to grammar. You got to allow for English to continue to grow and change. 
great, great, great. I'm so glad that I'm going to spend your list being like, no, 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 bad. I think one of the reasons I like Rocky Four so much is it's 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 the perfect idea for a game for me, which is the challenge of the game comes from the book, right? Mm-hmm. In the book, but not the movie, it's revealed that Rocky has an English PC program that he does <laughs> to get better at English. Yes. And then it, I apply it back to the text, right? Like we were mm-hmm. literally analyzing things from the text. Yes. In that way, it's very singular to me. I'm going like, I'm doing something here that's never been done. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. All right. Uh, number three, the Goonies fold this PowerPoint. Uh, it's just it's, it's just a lot. A lot of the games are, do you know this thing or don't you? And to see the three of you scramble to do the Mad Magazine fold-ins <laughs> in real time was a lot of fun. Number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to have this on your list. Number two, Road to Perdition. <laughs> was it the <laughs> graphic novel or, or the aqueduct? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, your one... fucking aqueduct story. <laughs> your fake fucking aqueduct shit. All right, so Hannah's just laughing at my trauma on mic. This is recorded for all to to experience. Um, I understand that that was barely a game, but I am also always trying to create new types of games, and that certainly was new. Yes. (laughs) Number one for the season, 47 Ronin, Bushido, or Confucianism. Of course, of course, yeah. Not only did it take so much time to prepare, but... (laughs) It was an abject disaster, and no one could get any questions right. That's right. We got none of them right. Maybe no, one. there was one at the end, but it was it was a horrific. You mm. and Patrick were just falling over yourselves, uh, in and that was pleasing <laughs> to me. Yeah, these all yeah. feel correct for you. Uh, <laughs> I do like games where it's kind of based on like, do you know something? Be it the English language or the content of what happens to characters. Uh, we're mm-hmm. different. You like to challenge us. Ush. I like to win games. <laughs> now that I've uh, that I've outlined what I like about my own games, that they're they're like singular. They come from the book or movie that we watched. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I think your favorite game is definitely Rocky Four. You're so fucking proud of that thing. That's really interesting that you think that. So let's go through my list. <laughs> Great. My top ten games of all time. Number ten. Graphic novel or aqueduct from Road to Perdition. <laughs> Fuck you. Number nine was uh, the very recent Willow sequel trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a case in which, you know, we usually would read those Willow sequels, so but it was fun to just blitz to. through all their crazy specifics. Yeah. Number eight, did this make Over be sad? I do like that one. Number seven, it's also something of an ur text for us, an early one, Cotswinkle or Overby. Mm. Yeah, not my favorite style of game. Oh, a very uninspired game making. And you also weren't even a contestant. We brought on outside contestants for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is why I have it on the list. It was fun to bring in Gavin and Max and just have them look like fools because they didn't read the book. Like, how could they not look like (laughs) fools? Yes, how could they know? Number six, Bushido or Confucianism from 47 Ronin. Number five, your number one, Dead or Alive from Secrets from mm-hmm. Beyond. Number four, one I'm kind of surprised wasn't on your list, Tech or Drek from The Abyss. I did like Tech or Drek um, because it, I just got to like own you. Yeah, 
That was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was uh, one, one of my better concepts and you did just thrash my ass. So yeah. mm-hmm. number three, what Halloween did this person perish? Mm, that was a good one. I like that one. Number two. That was a good one because it has like a little trick inside of it. And we all had fun like discovering the trick in real it time. It was long enough that like you could learn the trick and get good at it. Number two. And not surprising <laughs> if you know that I like the really complex ones. What would the watcher's eye do? Yeah, I was I oh, I was like, Overby loves this one. He loved that eye and he loves this game. And it's like took a lot of homework from everybody. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, to, to, mm-hmm. to have you guys prepare the challenges and gives like a double blind study of sorts. You didn't know what John Goodman was bringing. He didn't know what you were bringing. And I was like a curator more than a, yeah. more than a host. That was a good game. Number one, I knew you wouldn't be able to guess it in a million years. <laughs> species or monster from Species 3. The game in which it was specified. Oh, right. Is this that- a species or is this a human sexual predator? <laughs> Just a bad person. <laughs> yes, the game in oh which I put on real people and fictional characters who had cheated on someone. And if they <laughs> cheated on a terminally ill person, they were a species because that's what species would do. <laughs> And if they cheated on a healthy person, they were just a human monster. And that's your number one favorite game of all time. It's my number one favorite game because the premise is so convoluted, but it also makes (laughs) crystal clear sense if you watch those movies. Yep. That, yeah, I think all of your species games are good. Yep. Can't wait to do species two at some juncture. Can't wait to talk about species four in two weeks. (laughs) Who knows what that will be like. All right, Hannah. Yeah. With the ranking in our rearview mirror, what upcoming media most excites you? Uh, Mission Impossible, hyped as hell, have been forever. Very excited to come see it with you in Chicago. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Something to live for, you know what I mean? It's going to be really great. Oh, it's so exciting. I think we're going to have to drive to a suburb to get a good IMAX, but we'll do it. I love this for us, and I can't wait, and I'm really excited to share that experience with you and walk out of the movie theater, certainly crying for joy, and have you go, <laughs> oh, God, Hannah's even weirder than I thought. I will say, like, I I went to see Operation Fortune, colon, Rudiger, whatever, today, forgot that Carrie Elvis was in it, uh-huh. period. He's, like, the third main character. Oh, hell yeah. And I spent the- I was just like, Carrie, 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 like- just so thrilled and excited to see him and have him be present that I think his presence in Mission Impossible 7 is just going to like take that movie from a five-star movie to like a nine-star movie, right, you know? Yes. It's just going to be perfect, but like even, I just, uh Carrie. I think there's other stuff I'm excited about, but I don't remember. That's what's forefront for me right now. How about you? What are you excited about? Well, I went back and forth a lot between two properties that I'm excited about for the rest of 2023, and mm-hmm. here's where I landed. If I had to pick one, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 7, yeah. might it might be the best thing that ever happened, but it's much more likely as Macquarie's third movie that it's similarly solid, maybe even a little less quality than the last two, which would be mm-hmm. fine because they're so heroically good. All, I mean, they're so good that even something that's slightly less good would still be one of the best movies ever made, probably. And I think that there is potential for Saw 10... <laughs> To be an irredeemable piece of trash, way worse than any Mission Impossible ever made, or something that gives me more joy 
than few movies ever have before. Now, do I think it will be good? No. But I think it could, for me, reach a higher emotional high, and so I have to go Saw mm-hmm. X. Yeah. We have to make a plan to see Saw X together. I want to experience that in a theater with you. I've never seen a Saw in a movie theater, and I think the time is now. I've only seen uh, Saw 9, so mm-hmm. I, I could go for a better experience. That'd be great. Yeah, I've already promised to you that I will watch all of them for real in sequence and Mm -hmm. have a full experience. And then I want to culminate that with what I assume will be a Carrie heavy movie, even though they won't say that he's in it. it. (laughs) I really don't think he's in it, but but I I want him to be a surprise who's in most of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it feels impossible to keep the lid on that, but I hope it's true. I would do anything to have it be a Carrie heavy movie. And especially to have Carrie now, 20 years later, doing flashbacks to the year yes. 2004. Like, yes. I want it so bad. Yeah, I think it would be amazing. For a movie that takes place in 2001. Hannah, what novelization mm-hmm. would you like to see tackled by Authorized in the future? You want to guess what is I it, wrote down? Is it beca- is it, did we talk about it recently? Is it Mona Lisa Smile? It's not Mona Lisa Smile. Okay. It's something else I've been harping on forever. <laughs> Uh, The Rocketeer. Mm, no, but I would love to do The Rocketeer. No, it's the cat from outer space, baby. Oh, great. We can do that. I want to talk about that goddamn cat. I want to talk about McLean Stevenson till the cows come home. Great. I also have been starting to collect the Dirty Harry novelizations, and I would love to cover one of those. Let's definitely do those. I think listeners great. will find if they go look at the schedule for season six or whatever it is, season five right now, that Cat from Outer Space is on there. So I've been saying I want to cover older, old movies, and that's one of them. How about you? What do you want to cover? Not, not anything in particular. I just want to do a novelization of a video game that is unmoored from a film. We have an episode coming up I'm very mm-hmm. excited for on the Assassin's Creed movie, but mm-hmm. I would love to do the novelization of one of the specific Assassin's Creed games. I think it's insane that those exist. Uh, and many high-profile video game series have them, where you just read the novelization of Death Stranding. And I want to see if those are uh, mirthless messes or whether they're really exciting pieces of work. That'll be fun for me, a person who physically cannot play a video game. Mm -hmm. And so I guess we'll have to read the book and then go onto YouTube and be like, play through and see if I can like watch somebody else play it and have the experience. Tell us how it reads as a book. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll do that too. I just want to be as engaged (laughs) in the process as I can be. So hopefully that'll be coming up. That's that's my my (laughs) hope for the future. Hannah, a question we happen upon very often. Which movie would you novelize if given the chance? You know, my go-to forever, The Mummy 2017. But recently, because of where I've been at, it's Saw. I would love to read a Saw. A Saw 2, a Saw 3, a Saw 4. I, I've, it's kind of bizarre to me that those books don't have novelizations. No, it's, it's really strange. At least, like, I understand why Saw 1 doesn't have a novelization, obviously. But it feels like by Saw 3, you should be dumping a book with every single one of yeah. these. Once they're, like, uh, Lionsgate's, so. like, flagship series yeah 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 spiral from the book of saw should have a novelization and we should be reading it my answer is Mm -hmm. uh i mean all my usual answers go you know heat blah 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 all the boring stuff i usually say uh i i was just thinking recently i would love it if there was a novelization of another round the mads mickelson alcoholism movie 
Yeah. I think that that movie is like, it, it, it wears its internal monologue on its sleeve. And I would love to be in the head of the addict going, this is ruining my life. I have to stop tomorrow, you know, which is what that, mm-hmm, that movie's mm-hmm. all about. That would be a novelization for you. It would be a novelization for me, but I, I think that yeah. specific, I think this specifically is one I could write also. Yeah. So. Well, let's do it. Let's write these books. You write the thoughtful addiction book, and I will write the, oh no, I'm trapped in a bathroom with a twink book. You know that the Saw novelization has to just be, you add four different traps that are also supporting plot points, right? Like outside the bathroom. <laughs> do you think? I think so, you know, because there's... There's the two or three other traps in Saw 1 where they go, oh, You I... think you spend more time in those traps, maybe? Knowing who's reading the, this book, I think you've got to <laughs> give them some scenarios that are new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the problem is that, like, if I was novelizing Saw 1, it would be a lot of, like, feelings and stuff. It would not be a lot of traps. Right. And that's why I wasn't hired to novelize <laughs> any Saws. Right. That's such a great point. Yeah, but like my skills and interests as a novelizer would be like, what's going, like, what's really going on in Lawrence's marriage, <laughs> right? Like, it's obviously not working, but what's really Does the she problem only call here? Him Larry when she's mad, or is that the normal thing? Right, right, right. Like, what's Adam's life like? Period. What does he do? Why is his apartment so horrifying? <laughs> Etc. You know, stuff like that. I would be like pulling apart those no, I think ideas. I mean I think that would be incredible <laughs> and maybe someday we'll release an episode where we write some excerpts we'll see if that ever happens maybe Hannah what has been your favorite episode to record so far <laughs> mm, I have an answer for this now oh Hannah famously um, answer... wouldn't answer this last time <laughs> yeah because I love all my children equally and I've had a good time on every episode mm. um but I had such a good time with both the cable guy mm-hmm. and sneakers, great. That those are now. I have two answers. Yeah, and maybe it's because our guests were so great, but I just laughed and had joy and felt good about both of those so much. Yeah, the uh, Gabrus made me very nervous, and then we had such a fun time with him. I think I so nice. I edited that cable guy episode, and uh, you yeah. can tell we're nervous. But <laughs> <laughs> we were nervous. We were very. He's a big get for us, he's, and we were he's very a big nervous. get. He was. He was very. Um, he was very gracious and fun for a guy who didn't know us at all. and Yeah, so nice. I do think that our nervousness comes across charmingly, but you can tell. <laughs> Oof, well, so be it. Such is the truth of our existence. So I wasn't going to yeah. guess yours because you always refuse to answer the question, but would you like to guess mm-hmm. mine? No, I would not like to guess Great. yours. I will not guess it. I won't know. Okay, so just because it's an embarrassment of riches... I went with Halloween Ends. I. Oh, yeah, that was great. Love to have Jesse on, which we do mm-hmm. with regularity. I have been a big fan of Brett for a while, and yeah. I loved having him on. I love uh, their podcast, The New Flesh, and I loved interviewing Paul Brad Logan, the author of Halloween Ends. That's a great choice. That was a great one, and that was a fun book and a really fun conversation that we all liked and had fun with. A brisk three hours, 23 minutes, if you haven't checked it out. Corey. Corey. We love Corey. Corey. (laughs) Yeah. Hannah, what upcoming authorized Mm -hmm. episode are you most eagerly anticipating? I believe this is our final scripted question. 
It is. Um, I have written down The Day After Tomorrow. Hell yeah. As my anticipated one. A movie that I used to watch like all the time um, and really, really liked and haven't revisited in probably 10 years. And so I'm excited. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, excited to revisit it. Excited to see if the book is good and how it works out. And um, the guest on that is a friend of mine that I'm excited to talk to. And uh, a tease for the audience. I recently sent Hannah a photo of the author blurb for The Day After Tomorrow. The Day After Tomorrow is written by one of the people who wrote the nonfiction climate decline book that inspired the fictional movie The Day After Tomorrow. So he's a real guy that was writing about ice caps melting and stuff. Then they made a silly Uh, movie about it, and then he novelized the movie. I hope that the novelization isn't an Alan Dean Foster overly technical (laughs) science book. Like, I hope that that author was like, I get that my science is not present to this. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, That's fun. That is fun. It's gonna be fun. That's what I'm looking forward to. How about you? What upcoming authorized episode? Speaking of our good friend, Brett Arnold, I'm excited for our episode on Videodrome, a Mm. novelization that he sold to me. And now we're going to do an episode with him because he apparently had multiple copies. Weirdo. But uh, yeah. He loves Videodrome, right? That's like his deal. Yeah. So. They're, 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 <laughs> One might. Their podcast theme song is Videodrome, though they've never discussed it on the show. Mm. Uh, you haven't seen that? I buy my favorite books over and over again. I get it. Mm. Mm. I have like six copies of The Long Goodbye. It's sick. How you feeling, Hannah? I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> I feel pretty good. How do you feel? I'm good. I'm good. I, I enjoy ranking the episodes. I enjoy recording without having to read a book yeah. it's a lot of fun and and it is it, i feel accomplished after this season i mean this is this is a lot a of one. books we did a lot of read. work and yeah. we did a lot of them in like fast succession too because yep. we're always this trying to live great. our lives we're always trying to go do stuff where we're not available and then come back and bang out four episodes in a row so yeah and we watched like 20 hours of television as well to discuss this season and uh, a bunch of movies that are not books. (laughs) I don't know how much of that's going to be happening this coming season. Uh, (laughs) Most of the TV wasn't so rewarding. Well, you know, sometimes you have to try it out because you've made a commitment to a property at large. Mm -hmm. And now we know that like probably National Treasure Edge of History season two will like not be worth it. So anyway, tune in on Monday for whatever that first Indiana Jones Find Your Fate R.L. Stein book is, and on Thursday for whatever the hell our season five premiere novelization is, you're going to have it both ways for about a month here, and uh, you're welcome. We hemorrhage money on this podcast, and uh, we're just kind of addicted. Could we spread these things out differently? Yeah. Does Andrew like putting out two episodes a week? Uh huh. <laughs> I am trying to create the podcast that I would like to listen to. That's you know, I would like to be surprised by by the podcast. I like dropping surprise episodes, and I also don't like uh, running just, concurrent series. <laughs> I also don't like just doing like one episode a week as a rule, because we get excited. People want to come on the show, then we overbook, and we're suddenly booking five months out, and it's like. Yeah, yeah. Let's just. I'm not really complaining. <laughs> I like to read the books. I love to talk to you and all of our guests. 
most of our guests know all of our guests. It's also not reflective of reality at all, because when we put out two episodes in a week, they're always recorded three months apart. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We are madmen. Please do rate our podcast, review it, subscribe to it. Tell your friends. Tell your friends is the most important part. Please do that. That would make me so happy. Don't you want to hear us do an episode on Saw 10? A little bonus episode on Saw 10? Because it will happen. Come on. (laughs) And as usual, I'm going to close out the episode by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. Please do tweet at AuthorizedPod if you think that you recognize what this is from. Well, it's been fun to rank. And now all the books we read are just beautiful ruins. god i forgot that there would possibly be a game yes uh i have prepared a game uh similar to the last ranking episode in fact it's the same game but a little easier which book is this passage from but this time i gave (laughs) you some options okay all right so here's how this game is going to work i am going to read you a passage from a book you do have the ability to guess the book before any options are available, which would net you two points. If you guess after the options are revealed, you get one. Okay. Amazing. Up first, the passage. The elder trailed behind the two other adults, her, his daughter and her mate. The elder thought of him as fire because he looked like the fiery dawn. This is Jurassic Park flyers. So your options are, of course... <laughs> Jurassic Park 3, the novelization, Jurassic Park Adventures Prey, or Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park Adventures Flyers, and the answer is Jurassic Park Adventures Flyers. All right. Feeling good. Amazing. Feeling good I think I'm going to get fucking wrecked in this game. Up next. (laughs) She stood in the doorway, seeing the confusion through Debbie's eyes. So many people, all rushing here and there. The music of a dozen people speaking Italian, arguing, so forceful and passionate. This does feel familiar. It was in a book we read. Uh, is this Greece? This is not Greece. Okay. And so I think I just have to receive a point. Yes. Well, you because take one. Your point. Here's why you can't have the point because one of the options was Greece because it's such a good oh. misdirect. Okay, then give me the other options. The other options are, of course, Friday the 13th, Jason's Curse, Mm. The Abyss, and the aforementioned Mm. Greece. What would you have said? Oh, it's The Abyss. I remember this now. It's The Abyss. This is, of course, the sequence in the Lindsay prequel or Lindsay Mm -hmm. uh, prologue of The Abyss in which her mother, Mary Catherine, is ashamed to bring an affluent friend around her yeah. home. All right, up next. 
Another Debbie passage. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. Debbie showed up a few minutes later, digging with her plastic spoon into a half-gallon paper tub of ice cream. She looked critically at the sagging clone in our main character's hand. Wrong flavor, she asked. I'm not in the mood, main character said. Then dump it in here, Debbie said, extending her tub. Well, clearly the main character would give it away. <laughs> yes. I assume. Very, very I'm much so. I'm not going to guess in advance. Great. Of... Love to see a lesson learned in real time. <laughs> Our options are, of course, speed to cruise control. Mm. Good burger to go. Halloween 4. I'm going to go Halloween 4. This is, of course, some classic George Ryan fat phobia from Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> Criminy. Oh, man. Damn. That was my other... I felt like it was definitely Speed 2, and then I second-guessed myself. He... I put our two of our, our most fat-phobic, bigoted authors up against each other, <laughs> and it played to my advantage. You, you got me. We're tied. All right. Up next... Gliding down a rural highway below, his soul soothed by bluegrass from his radio, trucker Gary Myers of Cedar Falls, Iowa, was enjoying the ride. Oh, this is U.S. Marshals. This is, of course, U.S. Marshals. <laughs> Your other options. Two points for Hannah. Two points for Hannah. I got just an, an unqualified victory you on this give question. It to me. That was good. It was great. It was great. Uh, your decoy answers were to be Transformers Revenge of the Fallen mm -hmm. and Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Oh, that was so long ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought maybe you'd go, it was so long ago, I've completely forgotten it. I'll choose that. And yet somehow I knew. Up next, Cole tried not to squirm in his seat, which is exactly what Detective Brown wanted him to do. Where do I begin, Cole? Could it be with your school records? They're quite interesting. Outbursts in class for no reason. Talking to yourself. Keeping to yourself. Antisocial behavior, they call it. Well, this is one of the six sense beyond secrets from beyond. Would you like to see your options? Uh, I guess because I don't remember the names of any of them. Yes, I think I have to see the option. All right. So the, the options that you have here are the novelization of the six sense. The mm -hmm. Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond Survivor, or the Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond Hangman. Ooh, arr. okay, I'm going to go Survivor, because I think that Detective Brown is not in the other ones. I intentionally included Detective Brown so that you could potentially find that answer. It seemed completely unfair without that part. <laughs> and you are correct. They are not yet friends in mm -hmm. the Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond Survivor, and this is the scene where he appears to be grilling coal, but he's about to flip it on its head and go, and I know you're this way because you can see ghosts like my dead brother. Yeah, what good books. Yeah. All right, I assume, Hannah, you have an unbeatable lead, but we have one final question. Five to two. Five to two. It's, it's over for me. Our final I'm question. to have been successful. Just for fun, is... It can't be a miss. Well, it was. D7. No, wait. Shut up. I said G1. And I said miss. Well, this feels tricky because you might think battleship, mm -hmm. right? These feel like battleships. Uh -huh. But that feels too easy for you. Uh -huh. And I vaguely remember a battleship sequence 
but also from the beginning of Battleship. I think I'm just going to go Battleship, even though I don't think it's right. For dramatic effect, your options <laughs> are the Rugrats movie, mm-hmm. Wild Wild West, mm-hmm. and Battleship. It's a season one party yeah. I'm up still in this going question. Battleship. I'm going Battleship. The answer is, of course, Battleship. Oh my god. I really thought I could well, get you seven to two. by making you overthink it. You almost did, but I <laughs> I couldn't think of a single other thing wherein Battleship was even vaguely played. <laughs> and even my brain was like, remember that one book that has a prequel with Battleship in it? It was fucking Battleship. It was Battleship. It was Battleship the whole time. <laughs>